Hello again. This is John once more with Pears Poetry Podcast, now at uh, episode 19, Flora, Fauna and Surgery. I'm not quite sure I can call uh, the first poem today a true sonnet, but it has got 14 lines. Uh, the subject matter is visible over my computer monitor during the appropriate seasons, and I wrote it in August 2020. Lilies. The lilies are in full flower now, caught by the light breeze on this balmy, full-on day, moving slightly to and fro so their spiky flowers of glowing orange and almost red sometimes are in intense light, sometimes in the shade of a self-set ash, regrown since I cut it down early in the summer. The long, fine, pointed foliage is a fresh contrast to the blooms, Dark green in the shade, luminous where the bright sun strikes it. In episode 18, I included a poem about waiting for the call to go into hospital. Those scans were done at Hereford, surgery was at Worcester. So here is one I wrote on the 19th of February 2022, having had the surgery on Friday the 4th. Intermission. Well, the call came and I went to Hereford, and after scans, both ultrasound and MRIs, the doctors there were all of one accord, that problems with numb fingers and my eyes and slurred speech, among some other things, were due to blocked carotids, and I would, at worst, gain very early angel wings, more likely have a serious full-blown stroke, 40%, and sensibly I should submit to surgery in two days' time. A bloke who did that had a thirteenth of that chance that something might go wrong. And so, at 7.30 on the Friday morn, I advance up the steps and into the foyer to go to the vascular ward known as Laurel One, feeling quite apprehensive about my fate and unsure exactly how it would be done. It proved that I had a fair old time to wait, but around 11 I was wheeled upstairs to an anteroom where they faffed around, then took me sedated, so part unawares, into theatre and started earnest to rout my right-hand carotid while I had to talk to volunteer Chris so they'd tell if there was an, any effect on my brain. I so wanted to balk at this forced conversation, but went on because it was sort of important they finished it all. They talked as they worked, to each other, not me. But t'was clear after ages they were on the ball, and round about two I was stitched and more free in recovery, where I was destined to stay for want of a bed until just after nine, where a nice nurse called Lizzie attempted to say to Caroline theatre was finished and I was fine. For about 20 hours I was monitored well, but it's clear from this poem I'm sound as a bell. Well, you may have your own opinion on what I just said. The next one I wrote in June 2020, which seems to have been a very productive month, largely because of Covid restrictions, though they had been a little relaxed. This one is from my nature section. Busy birds. It's a busy time at the bird feeder. Filled to the top yesterday, by mid-morning it was empty again. The hedges are alive with the sound of chirping. Not von traps, but dunnocks, which outnumber all other visitors to my feeder, with two varieties of tit being next. 
several local pigeons live in hope, but it seems they cannot land on the small circular perches and I made sure they cannot reach while standing on the top of my fence. Sometimes careless hedge sparrows drop seeds or nuts that lodge on the top rail of the fence. I have seen a blackbird hop along that rail and salvage a few of the discards, but again, the pigeons are too large to achieve this. One that tried has a succession of hilarious fails, being too fat to balance on the rail and too inflexible to bend down from the top of a board to reach far enough, several times nearly overbalancing, with much panicky wing fluttering before giving up. I would like a greater variety and need to research whether a range of different nuts and seeds might widen the appeal. I've seen one goldfinch and one chaffinch, which only perched briefly on the fence. The fourth and last poem this week is from abroad and is the third excerpt from my travelogue about our family holiday in southern Spain. I suppose we were being grockles too, though we didn't do any of the activities I mentioned. Packaged grockles. The grockles from their concrete castles do outstream, each one the others vying to outgleam by layer on layer of tanning oil rubbed to a shine, peering neath hooded lids cave the local wine. Where can the sunshine be in spiked this Thursday morn? So shady circle misses as they yawn the worst excesses of successive litter louts and morning after night befores bad sickness bouts. Is it assumed that, as it does at Bournemouth Town, the tide comes in and out and up and down, removing rubbish out of sight and grockle's mind? Or do they treasure keepsakes and leave more behind? For lunch they leave the glaring sun and sea to go to oh-so-Spanish burger bar, and lo, the Thompson Courier ordained that it should be for fish or steak and chips washed down with Tetley tea. Back to the beach to soak up much more Spanish sun. No time for swimming, which is much less fun than cultivating a superior gloating tan to show the next door neighbour his is fainter than. The sun declines and loses maxi tanning power. In any case, it's almost favourite disco hour. Viva España, spitting image song or worse, the conga longer by each vino lubricated verse. Goodbye for now. Another episode soon. Thanks very much for listening. Goodbye.